young adults today live on the idea that we will have the best health, we'll have the best life, productivity is in front of us, it's going to be amazing, we're going to be fine, and we don't prioritize our health. Some of you are running yourselves so ragged. You don't understand what wholeness is. You live in this Adventist bubble, the blue zone, and yet you are so anti-blue zone with how you live your lives. Why? Because you're hustling. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get this degree. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I'm going to have enough money. I'm going to do da 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 And yet, I still also want to hang out with everyone. I want to have enough time, you know? And so then we push, push, push. Until what? You break. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. Evening, Night Church. Good to see all of you here, man. I'm so excited to preach tonight. I have been mulling over this series for a while. Last weekend, we had a great time with it. Don't waste your life. And the idea was talking about time. And some of you uh, caught me on not knowing urban dictionary phrases. So I hope everyone understood. I did not know what some of those things meant, okay? So I get it now. Some of you are like, what did he say? What did he say? I didn't know what Netflix and <laughs> the next idea is, okay? All right? I meant it literally. I'm sitting there enjoying. Anyways, okay. <clears throat> but this was the idea of last weekend, and I don't want that to be lost by any one of you. Listen to this. The idea was that our time is being wasted. It's never too late to make wise decisions, take risks, and build a better life. But it is better to make wise decisions sooner because they set the foundation you stand on for the future years you still have to live on earth. And many of us, when we think about how we've spent our time over these years, we might look back and say, I wasted a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and it added up to a lot. We don't have a lot of time on this earth. I went through an entire process of understanding how much in terms of years things are going to this and this and this. And it's like, whoa, I've got maybe 2,000 weeks of my life left to live. 2,000, maybe three if I'm a little bit younger. I'm 35, so I'm a little bit older, you know. So the idea came across that don't waste your time. Tonight I want to look at something a little bit deeper and something a little bit more profound in that it's taking the concept now into three areas that I think are really important. And it comes in the idea of priorities. 
You've heard that I, phrase or, or the notion of the bucket. A professor walks into a lecture hall and he has a bucket, a container. And he looks at his class and he says, how many of you think I can fit all of these things inside here? And people are like, oh, no, no, you can't. Well, if you put the big ones in, then you get the little things in, and then you get the smallest things in. And when I heard that the first time, I was like, oh, that's cute. And then you go throughout life and you realize, wait a second, that's kind of true, actually. Because if I don't put the right things in first, then all that little stuff takes up the bottom and then I can't put in the big things in my life. I hated this when a professor looked at me and he said, Phil, man, you are so full of potential. It's kind of like a nice thing, but then on the other side, it's like, uh, get your life together. Like, you have a lot of nice things going about you, but boy, you don't know how to prioritize. And so tonight, I want to look at three aspects of lost prioritization in young adulthood. Three things that I think we don't always think about prioritizing, but three things that will define the rest of your life. Some of you are going to look at me and be like, man, why are you talking about this aspect or this aspect? But I really prayed about this, and I really think there's something significant here for you tonight. Jesus, would you speak into my friends' lives? Father, would you give them the courage and wisdom and passion for life? Would you awaken within them a hunger to live a life that matters, that when they look back, they too might say as Paul did, I have fought the good fight and I have won the race. Jesus, my prayer is that if there is anyone here with weak knees for the risks you're calling them to, that you would strengthen them. If there's anyone here who is burdened and chained down by things that are holding them back, God, would you bring freedom in their life tonight? And Jesus, if there's anyone here who is pondering what might be, but they sense and they're unsure and uncertain, God, would you lift them up on your eagle's wings? Jesus, please rise up this generation to love you deeper and to do more daringly for the gospel. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Paul's text that we started off tonight with is this very thing. Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. If I went throughout the room here tonight and I asked, what is the gospel? I think I would get 175 different answers. And potentially there might be some similarity, we might have some groupings and ideas, but the central tenet of the gospel is literally the definition of itself. Gospel in the Greek means euangelion, meaning the good news. The good news of what? Jesus. Jesus came to take your place, die in your place, and in doing so, he gives you new life which pushes you into a new understanding of how to live. You no longer live in your old self, but in the new. But you have the tension still, as Paul says, that which I want to do, I don't do. And that which I do end up doing, man, it just messes me up. And so the gospel is the good news that Jesus rescues us between the tension of life, not knowing how to live into the gospel, and then on other times fulfilling it, but hungering still for that which we don't need to be. 
So how do we look into this idea that we conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel? I think we're going to mess up in, in throughout our life all the time. I don't want to deny Jesus the opportunity to make us all perfect and have us live perfect lives. I want that. I want to be perfect. I would love that. But my wife would tell you I'm not that. So would my daughter. And it's sad when you think about it. Man, I can be, I can be cruel. I'm listening to Alyssa's story with the, with the little sliver. I'm like, gosh, that's like every morning when we get up with the kids and my daughter's crying because she can't put on her underwear the right way and then we're late and, and then my son is, you know, it's not coming out and I'm like, gosh, you got it all over my shirt now. I have to, you know, and I get frustrated at him and I'm angry and, and I have to live into the gospel. Why? Why do we need to live our lives in such a way that the world might see Jesus in us? Why? Why? For this very reason, because when we waste our lives not living into the gospel, you actually have utterly wasted your life. When the gospel isn't the largest priority in the bucket, the container of your life, you're filling it with trash then. You're filling it with things that truly don't really matter. Like, does it matter that my shirt and pants and all of this matches as well as it should? No. It really doesn't. Does it matter that I know what I'm going to do next in the next moment if I don't have the gospel utterly guiding my life from day to day? No. The first priority is the gospel. If you don't have the gospel, if you don't know the good news about what Jesus has done in your life, if you don't have that firmly grasped in your life, friend, where are you going and what are you building? I went into, uh, into college excited about doing medicine. I've shared with you my testimony at multiple times just about my journey of going from wanting to do medicine to ending up in theology. And you know what the crux of why I switched? It wasn't because I don't think anything about medicine being not the right path or whatnot. But it was because I actually encountered Jesus and I listened to him for one moment speak into my life the word of the gospel. And I was utterly broken at the cross. And some of you are pursuing things in your life because not of the gospel's call, but because your parents want you to do it. Because you'd make a lot of money doing X, Y, and Z. Because it would provide some prestige or this. So I ask you, are you converted at the heart and center with the gospel. That sets our foundation for right now, the gospel, the foundation of the good news about Jesus and letting that speak into your life. There are three priorities that I think in addition to the gospel that has to set the tone of being inside the container of your life. And one of them is a really sensitive one for many people, money. Some of us look at money in different ways. We look at it as a commodity that we have and we can spend. I grew up as a pretty poor kid, but I didn't really understand we were poor. My parents kind of sheltered me from feeling the effects of our poverty. And so when we finally got, my parents got their first job in America, really, my dad is a pastor, my mom is a guidance counselor, 
you know, any of my needs were always met. Any of my wants were also met. And so when I got money, I would just kind of give it away. Like, oh, yeah, I don't need that. You, want, you need some money? Yeah, I'll give you some money. My mom and dad will give me some money. A buddy of mine lost, well, had his computer stolen. And we had been working all summer together. And we got our final paycheck. I was like, bro, you just have it, man. Just have it. I don't Just take it, bro. I have all my needs, man. Just take it. And my parents, you're about to go into college. You could have used that money for the first semester. What were you thinking? The Lord will provide another bit of money. Can you help me out? <laughs> as, as wonderful and humble as that was, I didn't have an understanding of the value of money. And I didn't have an understanding about the significance, working, saving, prioritizing, recognizing people are sacrificing on my behalf. Paul writes this idea to his young protege, Timothy. I want you to hear this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can't take anything out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Oof, that text. Paul goes on to tell his young protege, listen, those who have means, may they use it for God's glory and use it for good. But over and over, I'm talking to young adults. I don't know if this is you. I want to make a lot of money so I can do great things with it. Hey, that's awesome. The problem is your first premise. You're hungering and desiring to make a lot of money. I've literally talked to a good handful of young adults. I want to make a lot of money. I mean, yeah, you're amending to that, yeah. If you know what it's like to grow up with not a lot, you're like, man, I definitely need some of that. But the relationship with money is a very, very tenacious one for two reasons. Number one, when your hunger is for money, you forget that life is not about that. Because when we want money, we want the things of what? The world can provide. Security, so I don't have to feel hunger. And yet, what does the text say about Jesus? He didn't have a house. He didn't have a place to lay his head. But he had one thing, a trust that God would provide for every one of his needs. We have an unfortunate, consumeristic mindset with things in the world. Looking cool, being somewhat liked and appreciated. Why do I need to buy these type of sneakers? Well, because they're nicer. And it's in right now. And the colors look better. And if you bought the other ones that are for 10 or 15 bucks, it just... Oh. We prioritize things differently with money as well. 
When someone who we know is wealthy or thoughtful walks into a room as opposed to a homeless man, I'd rather spend time with this person. Why? Because the other one can't seem to add any value to my life. Money. The greatest sin and yet the greatest blessing if you know how to use it well. So I want to transform your idea of money for one moment, can I? Paul said that those with money are not lost, but those who hunger for it will be. In this life, some of you in here are potentially already millionaires. It's just the reality of it. Some of you come from families with a lot of it. Some of you will begin the process of getting degrees or inventing things, owning corporations one day, and you will have a lot of it. My friend, I want to encourage you, may the priority of your life be in this container that you might use the money of your life for God's glory. May you not hunger to store it up because as the text says, you leave with nothing. Now, I want to leave a legacy for my children, so I'm going to tell you the other part of this. I want to be able to gift my children a blessing financially that they don't have to hunger and thirst in the same way that maybe I did as a kid or particularly my brother and sister who felt it as they were a little bit older. I want to help them with their education, but I want to bless them in such a way that it sets them up, but not so that they end up not having purpose, that they sit in my money and just don't do anything significant with their life. And so I want to ask you then, instead of thinking about how can I make more of it, how can I be a greater blessing in this life with the gifts and talents I've been given? And for some of you, it might be, hey, I just know how to make a lot of it. I know how to invent businesses and processes. Man, I have several friends who are uh, wealth managers. They manage billions of dollars, one of them in particular. He just understands how to make more of it. Praise God. But you know what? He's an incredible guy. And he does a lot of good for the world. So I want to challenge you. Make sure you reprioritize your desire for money. And those of you who have little of it at the moment, do not hunger for it. Do not hunger for it. The relationship we have with the hustle culture has been infectious. And I don't think it's been good. Because the hustle culture also teaches us to deny God's power in our life at times. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. And then we don't know how to talk to people around us who can help us make it in life. We get prideful. I'm not going to ask you for anything because I'm going to do it myself, man. I'm not going to talk to you about that. I'm fine. I'm all right. Hey, it's okay to talk about your needs, especially with people who love you and care for you and might be able to bless you. Second big priority that I think in young adulthood we need to rethink is our health. Discussing the idea of hustle culture, I don't know how many of you know mud water. You've seen it advertised in different places. An alternative to coffee, right? Maybe you've never seen it. But I found it fascinating in the last advertisement I saw that they did. And the guy wasn't even talking about mud water anymore. He was talking about the idea that his life was wrecked because of how busy he was. 
And in order to provide enough energy for him, he would ingest things into his body to provide that ability to keep going, to producing, to provide, to bless, to hustle, to keep going. And then he said, you know what I realized? I needed to rest. I needed my body to stop. I needed my body actually to sleep and not keep going. I spent some time with Dr. Deal one of the most preeminent preventative scholars in our Adventist church. He started what was called the CHIP program and sold it. He did very well for himself. He's a phenomenal man. He told Elaine and I when we met with him probably two months ago, trying to get our body back in system in the right feng shui, I guess you could say. And he looked at me and he said, Philip, right now you and Elena don't have to worry about much. But you see, all of the diseases that will ail your body find themselves emerging 20 years down the road because of what you start and do today. Young adults today live on the idea that we will have the best health, we'll have the best life, productivity is in front of us, it's going to be amazing, we're going to be fine, and we don't prioritize our health. Some of you are running yourselves so ragged, you don't understand what wholeness is. You live in this Adventist bubble, the blue zone, and yet you are so anti-blue zone with how you live your lives. Why? Because you're hustling. I'm gonna make something of myself. I'm gonna graduate. I'm gonna get this degree. I'm gonna prove everyone wrong. I'm gonna have enough money. I'm gonna do da 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 And yet, I still also wanna hang out with everyone. I wanna have enough time, you know? And so then we push, 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 until what? You break. I remember seeing a buddy of mine look at me. Second year of med school, he said, I'm done. I quit. And he quit. One of them was the breaking of just the unrelenting grind that was required and the misprioritization of his time. He wanted to do other things, and so he would do that in addition to, and he'd stay up late. He didn't have any good sleep-wake cycle, and he'd be up gaming, and I'm like, bro, what in the world? You trying to be an MD or, a, or get, exercise your thumbs, like, and become a graduate of that? Like, what are you doing? The idea is we've got to bring order back. I want to challenge you with this. Daniel chapter 1. I know that you can't base the health message out of one text, but I want to give you this as a challenge for you tonight. I have some health goals that I'm working on. I'm not going to list them out to you because I don't want to say them all. Okay? <laughs> don't be trying to judge me, okay? But I want you to listen to what Daniel did, and it was a test that he put out there. And here it goes. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. <clears throat> These were the, the brothers, the princes, that were brought from Israel into exile into Babylon. They were called, literally now, kind of the chief wisdom individuals, and they had to eat a certain way. And so in order to not offend, they had to eat this. But Daniel's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. No. And so this is what he says, verse 12. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat, water to drink, and then compare our appearance with those of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. And so he agreed to this test and he tested them for 10 days. You've heard this story potentially many times and over and over. 
ends up after 10 days, these guys are machoer than the other guys who were drinking wine, eating the king's meat and food and everything that he was doing with his men. And yet Daniel and his buddies felt clearer, healthier, and better. Why? Because there is, can I say this here? There is a health message that Jesus made. There is something we got to pay attention to. And we're young adults, we're progressive, we're doing what we need to do, but yet we leave our health in the back burner. I have time. Sure, you have enough time. You have also enough time for calcification of your arteries to happen and for you to be completely out of shape so that if you had to run in the end times, you'd be getting eaten first. I'm just playing, but I'm serious. And so money, health, and now this last one, our relationships. Don't waste your relationships. There are many people in this world who have your back, but we don't always know how to have theirs. Too many young adults break up too soon because they don't know how to prioritize relationships well. Other young adults don't know how to get into relationships and keep them because they're scared. They're scared of the M word, marriage. I see a lot of passivity going on. About to marry this couple, Rory. He's he's courageous. (laughs) Jessica. Got married in three weeks. But I think in this season of your lives, you need to not waste the relationships around you. What that means is multiple things. Don't waste your friendships. That looks like prioritizing, being intentional with your friendships. Don't waste your time and your dating opportunities with people who have no marriage potential. Because you're desperate. Don't be desperate. God will give you the person the right time. Don't be desperate. Come on. Don't be settling for bologna. Don't be doing that. Don't do that. But then also, don't waste those opportunities when you're in them with those people. A lot of people break up prematurely because they don't know how to go about cherishing the person that God has given them to be with in that moment. Our pride takes over in moments of someone calling you out, listen, you're always late. Hey, listen, do you understand that I actually appreciate X, Y, and Z? Hey, do you get that you've got this going on? I don't know where it came from, but it's hurting me. Do you understand your lack of self-control is putting us in compromising situations night after night together? And instead of being able to address those things, we waste those relationships. Again, an amazing person passes by that you could have been married to already. Some of you could have been married already a decade, but you wasted those gifts that God gave you earlier on. Some of you could have had tighter and more meaningful friendships with the guys and girls in your life, but you wasted them on frivolous things and you didn't know how to cherish the friends that God gave you. Some of you don't understand the blessing of parents and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles because you're doing your thing. And you don't know how to say thank you when they give you stuff. You don't know how to love them well when they're around. You don't know how to, and we waste relationships. That is one of the key things we put in the bucket of our life, relationships. Money, health, and relationships. 
And so I want to encourage you to dare greatly tonight. Take risks, but put the biggest things in the bucket of your life. The gospel is the foundation. The gospel is also the frame of it all. When you understand Jesus' willingness to sacrifice for you, you will understand how to sacrifice for others in your relationships. You will understand how to have healthy understanding of your body and the gift that God has given you with it. You will understand the value of money and how to value it within the confines of the gospel. Tonight I want to finish with a few different ways that you can practically consider how the gospel might live into your life. A good buddy of mine made a commitment, a friend of ours here at Praxis, Tevita Palaki. He said, I've graduated, I have money, I have a secure job, I'm doing well with my life, and yet I don't feel as though I have dared greatly to live my life in such a way that it might bring glory to God. And he heard about an opportunity in Haiti, not just to go for two weeks, not just a year, but several. He said, I'm gonna use my life for something meaningful. I wanna encourage you to consider how you too might take bolder risks. Don't be someone that is looked at as full of potential because you're not using the gifts of your life wisely. You're not cherishing the gifts the Lord has gave you and you're not courageously stepping out in faith. It might look different than what I'm doing. It might look different than what Tavita's doing and what you're gonna hear later on for an opportunity that Carl's gonna come up and share about. It might look different, but friend, I wanna encourage you tonight, dare greatly, move boldly, and don't waste this one single life that God has given you. Don't waste it on frivolous things. This container of your life can be full of trash. And you say, oh, my life is so full, and yet you haven't prioritized the most important things. So when you look back on your life, you say, well, what have I really accomplished if the most important things were left behind? If you didn't have a healthy relationship with people, the way you used money, the way you treated your body is wrecked. So I want you to listen now as you hear kind of Tavita just talking to us a little bit about his journey and what he's doing in Haiti. Take a look at this. Hello, Millennium University. My name is Tavita, and welcome to Haiti. <laughs> hey, we're talking about God send me. That's what it is. <laughs> Why not? Isn't this a lot more fun? <laughs> Haiti. Haiti is considered one of the most dangerous places on the world. It's considered a category four out of five. Five is war, four is where I'm at right now. I'm also in a red zone, so I'm in the da most dangerous place in the world with the mo at the most dangerous place in the world, which is... And I've decided to come because I was called to come. Tim Cleveland and Annika Cleveland, they were leaving Haiti because the president was assassinated. And I was in a position where I wanted to change. And then I went and took a plane ticket and came to Haiti and visited. And then I thought it was a terrible idea at the time. And then all of a sudden, I just took the leap of faith and jumped. And when I did jump and I did get here, it's been the best choice that I've ever made in my life. 
I just really didn't think there was anything else to say. I just had to say yes. I don't really feel like I'm doing any type of work. All I feel like I'm doing is just living my life. It's kind of confusing to even think about because we have everything that I need here. Yes, it may be dangerous technically on the paper or whatever it is, but God's blessed me so much that I, I just think it's unfair. It's an unbalanced amount of blessing. I feel like I'm stealing maybe some of your guys' blessing or something because I took a lot of the risk on the front end, but I've only been getting benefits and blessings since then. My advice to you for right now, today, if you surround yourself with people you have to be fake around, why? If you're in a relationship where you're being fake, stop, just stop. You know, just be authentically yourself and eventually, eventually the walls will break down and the people that you're supposed to be surrounded by will be there. And that has worked for me and that is what I totally believe. Be authentically you and your world will change. Well, Melinda for joining us. I just am really appreciative of all the support that you guys bring us. Okay, have a good night, bye. So he was out there for a few years and some of you might be like, that's way too long. Well. Carl and I have been good buddies for a long time. We have been on a podcast together, Choose to Overflow, listen to it if you'd like. But Carl is also the executive director of evangelism there in Quiet Hour Ministries just here in Redlands. And you have a few opportunities you want to share with our young adults that they might be able to jump into. Yeah, so... Hello, testing one, two, three. Uh, yeah, I got back from Columbia. Can you put the picture up, please, David? A couple of weeks ago, I was in the Amazon in Colombia. It was fantastic. I met a bunch of people. And I'm going back there in August. I'm looking for a few more people to come on the trip. It's just a two-week trip, August 24 to September 5, I think, the uh, Labor Day weekend. And so, yeah, if you want to come and meet with these people, these are we're planting a, or helping plant a church that's missionaries there. Wow. The people in that community are... When I was there, uh, I think like eight kids got baptized. They're all 15, 16-year-olds. Mm. So really cool to see the future of the church growing there awesome. in the Amazon. And then secondly, I'm going to Malawi in uh, October, early October, October 5, I think I'll leave. So if you want to come to that trip as well, if you're available, not all of you are students, so uh, think about that, the two-week trips to these uh, Colombia and Malawi. And Carl, <clears throat> we want to start building a stronger friendship with Quiet Hour Ministries where our young adults are going. And so we were planning also something next year, potentially, uh, building a younger young adult team to go. And so this is something we're going to have coming up more often, but these are two wonderful opportunities. Quiet Hour Ministries, take a look at it. And you'll hear about something else also in our announcements too. So Yeah, come find me after if you're interested in either of those trips. Thank you, Carl. Thank you so much. Friends, I don't know what God has put in your heart tonight, last weekend, hearing this series of don't waste your life, your time matters, your priorities matter, where you spend your health and money and relationships. But my prayer is tonight that you would take some serious time to think, which of these aspects of your life do you need to refocus and rework on? I want to encourage you, 
to think about how you treat relationships right now, whether they're friendships, or family, or romantically. I wanna challenge you to understand how you're thinking about money. And I want you to think now, what are some goals in my health that I just need to really take serious and cherish what God has given you? Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.